Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the Word of God. Let's give that hand to the one that deserves it now, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel like I ought to be answering questions under these lights and asking for my lawyer. Hallelujah. I've been on 700 Club Entertainment tonight and a lot of different TV programs, and I've never been under lights this bright. Hallelujah. God is real. In fact, the most real things in the earth aren't the visible things, they're the invisible things. They came to Jesus and they said, teach us to pray. And Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father which art in heaven, <clears throat> blessed be your name, or holy is your name. You've got to acknowledge God as your Father. You come to God like you would your father. I was talking to my cousin Jim back here, and it was hard for me to acknowledge God as my father because of the father I had. Jim's father left when he was five years old, never heard from him again, just left. And uh, he searched for him for years, and finally... Where was he living at, Jim, when you found him in Massachusetts or somewhere? And he called the hospital room. His father was in the hospital and said, I'm looking for James Bauer. And they said, he just passed away. I asked Jim, I said, you remember when, when I was young, my father cut my mother's throat with a knife? And he said, yeah, we all remember that. And, I, and, and, and when they said, God wants to be your father, I thought, no thanks, I just had one. But then one day in cell block J, cell number 14, God wrapped his arms around me, and I found out what a real father was. Hallelujah. Well, they enjoyed that testimony. Didn't you enjoy that testimony that I can't remember his name, the little fat guy gave, huh? <laughs> I'm teasing, I'm teasing, I'm teasing. He said, never gave up, never give up. You ever hear of Thomas Edison? Never gave up or you'd be watching video by candlelight. You ever heard of Alexander Graham Bell? Huh? Never gave up. You ever heard of Leonard Jones? Gave up, man. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. All that comes free. That, that, so you just get me that, and the package comes. All the schmoozing and the craziness. And I told Jim, I said, when the ice cream truck would come through our neighborhood and the music was playing, my dad said that meant they were out of ice cream. And we were so poor, we had to eat cereal with a fork so the next guy could use the milk. And people think we're kidding. I'm not. Hallelujah. But uh, we love you, appreciate the goodness of God. We esteem the friendship of Brother and Sister Gleason very highly. Hallelujah. Genesis, the 15th chapter. Genesis, the 15th chapter. God woke me up 4.30 this morning talking to me about this service and about tomorrow evening, if, if uh, you care anything about your destiny, if you care anything about your future, if you care anything about what God is doing in these trembling moments. You need to be in that service tomorrow night. We are between uh, Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year, and we're at a 10-day time of repentance. I've been, repenting for, I've been repenting for things I'm not even guilty of. Called my wife this morning. I said, hey, Lucky, any, any, anything that I need to repent of? She said, she said uh, I don't have time to make the list. Honey. Hallelujah. Then she said, no. And I said, well, I bless you in Jesus' name. I bless you going in. I bless you coming out. Called my son, Nick. 
I said, Any, I said, I bless you, son. He said, thank you, Dad. Leave me alone. I'm trying to eat. Hallelujah. Called my son that pastors in Big Springs in Texas. And I said, love you, buddy. And he said, I love you too, Pop. I said, uh, talk to you later. Nobody's got time to talk to me unless there's money involved. And they all want Pop. Hallelujah. But uh, this Tuesday and Wednesday is Yom Kippur. It's the only day of the year that the high priest says the name of God and the blood is outpoured and the gates of heaven are open and you come in the presence of God to present your petitions. We're going to present our petitions for our families on tomorrow night. And then the year jubilee starts. Everything that belongs to you comes back. Say, I'm taking my stuff back. Come on, say, I'm taking my stuff back. Genesis 15, verse 17 and 18. Not going to preach very long today. Everybody say, thank God. Might as well be honest. That's why we've got so many Christianettes. We've had so many sermonettes. Hallelujah. Don't be offensive to our singing, fella, but uh, we could do a, I'd like to have a meeting sometime where we sing after we preached. Hallelujah. And he does a good job on the singing, don't he? Hallelujah. <laughs> what is it? What? See what I got to put up with, Jim, for 50 bucks a week? Hallelujah. Now, Abraham's making covenant with God. He's taken five animals and divided them down the back. He's walking in the midst of the animals. God said, now this is going to be my blood. And he killed the animals and the blood was God's blood on the hands of Abraham. He's got two birds, a pigeon still in the nest, which is a type of the rapture, and a dove, which is a type of the Holy Spirit. And when Abraham gets ready for covenant, everybody say, here we go. And it came to pass that when the sun went down and it was dark, behold a smoking furnace and a burning lamp that passed between those pieces. And in the same day the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying unto thy seed have I given this land from the river Egypt unto the great river, the river Euphrates. And I want to preach a little while today on the smoking furnace and the burning lamp. Hallelujah. The smoking furnace and the burning lamp. You may be seated. God bless you all. Hallelujah. I'm a little concerned over we don't get the fire in Pentecost like we used to get. See, four of you saying that just speaks my case better than I can speak it. I said I'm a little concerned that we don't get the fire like, I'll say this for Arkansas folks, the far like we used to get it. Hallelujah. Come on. I remember when you got the fire along with the Holy Ghost. I don't know if Sister Dyson, Sister, uh, Dyson remembers it, but one time we had a guy when we was preaching for them that got the Holy Ghost that spoke in tongues for four days straight. We baptized, Brother Charles Dyson baptized him in Jesus' name. He went down talking in tongues, come up talking in tongues. I leaned over to Brother Dyson. I said, Wonder he didn't drown. Hallelujah. He said he'd been ready, man. Hallelujah. Come on. The fire. You know what the fire is? The fire is when you can't be quiet when they get to talking about the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. The fire in you says, I got to tell somebody. Come on. The fire says, I got to tell somebody. I got to lean across the desk on that job and tell somebody about it. See, Abraham cuts covenant and a smoking furnace and a burning lamp comes down. Now the New International Bible said a fire pot and a blazing torch. The Hebrew says a flaming oven and a flaming torch. And when we take these, it, it actually means something so hot that you could lay meat on it and it would cook immediately. And it also meant a flaming torch. And when it says flaming torch and burning, it uses the Hebrew word esh. Everybody say ish. 
Sounds like fire, don't it? See, the Hebrews had to use similes like that, esh. Hallelujah. And the fire so consumed Abraham that he never was the same the rest of his life. Now, the King James said a flaming, a burning uh, lamp, but, and it used it, but it actually means in the Hebrew two words, it's tamim and nur, and it means the lapping, raving, red-hot, dancing, burning passion of God that consumes God on Abraham. Come on, that don't sound like the Pentecost I'm a part of. The lapping, dancing, red-hot, burning passion of God. Come on, we've managed to take the lapping, dancing presence of God and consume it in our little ecclesiastical straitjacket until it's just a glossolalia charismatic renewal. What we need in the 21st century is for the church to catch on fire again. Come on, I said we need to catch on fire again. We need to get out of our, take our mask off and lay aside our costumes and be real before each other and say, I need the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire. You see, when that fire touched Abraham, it burnt everything up in his life. He was so on fire for God, the fire consumed him. That's why I could lay Isaac on the fire because he was consumed by God. That's why he could leave anywhere and follow God anywhere. He was consumed by God. We want to live for God as long as it doesn't inconvenience us. Come on. We want to live for God as long as it doesn't cut into the ball game or who shot BR or who's on okra or whatever her name is. What is it? Uh, go ahead. Uh, why would they, Why would you hold up a noose and some cat stick his head at us, Bill? And, you know what? We need the fire to get back on us. If it's combustible, it reaches a flash point and gets so hot that it ignites. The fire called Moses out of the bush. The fire consumed him. Come on, when he come off that mountain, his face glowed. They, one time they had to put a veil over his face. The fire consumed him. I'm going to tell you what we need in the 21st century. We're facing everything hell can throw at us. Now they're saying that there's a flu called the avian flu. It's called the bird flu that they get it from groundhogs. Therefore, the name bird flu, I guess, hallelujah. And you get it from eating chickens. I think it's a conspiracy to kill preachers. Come on. Guys the other day said, how come you preachers like fried chicken so much? I said, we're trying to get any of that rooster snitched on Peter back there. You know what? God has taken just about all of the sin he can take in the United States of America. A little over a year and a half ago on a Sunday night in Menden, Louisiana, he had forgotten about it, he's 92, but Elder T.W. Barnes was preaching, and he stopped, and he said, I'm going to prophesy that God is going to destroy New Orleans, Louisiana with the greatest flood it's ever seen because of the homosexuality, because of the voodoo, because of the witchcraft, and it's not going to be the judgment of God, it's going to be the mercy of God. They have came out of that place, and they're getting the Holy Ghost all over the United States. States of America. I'm talking about the fire of God. The lapping, raving, red-hot, dancing, burning passion of God that gets on you. Come on. How long has it been since you got so drunk on the Holy Ghost that your wife had to drive you home in the car? How long has it been since you got to worshiping God in your little old private place and just fell out and two, four hours later your wife come in and kicked you and said dinner's ready and you said, hook dinner, I want to pray. Come on, I'm talking about the fire of God. I'm talking about the kind of thing that makes you tell everybody about it. I'm talking about the fire of God that makes you uh, get a stewardess down on the plane and kneel down and lay hands on her and pray for her. 
Well, I've been embarrassed to do that. That's why God had me and Nona Freeman there instead of you, homie. We're not embarrassed about him. Hallelujah. Come on. The, the red-hot, consuming power of God came down. I was talking to a Jewish man the other day and, uh, and talking about Israel. And there was an upper room in the temple. Where it was like the commons in Boston. You ever been to Boston? There's a commons. You can get out there and teach or preach anything you want in the commons in Boston. Not Boston, Boston. Everybody say Boston. There you go. And they went up to the upper room in the temple. And the Jews had been accustomed to the pillar of fire coming and landed in the Kodesh HaKodeshim, the Holy of Holies, on the mercy seat. But they said in the ancient transcripts that God swirled in front of that mercy seat and started for the upper room. And instead of landing on the mercy seat, he landed on the people that had found mercy. Hallelujah. And they're put into them cloven tongues. Everybody say like as a fire. And there came the sound from heaven. See, they had, to, they had to fall back on similes because there's no way you could describe what happened to those people in the upper room. How do you describe what happens when you get the Holy Ghost? How do you describe what happens when God consumes your life? It was wind, but it wasn't wind. It was like wind. It was fire, but it wasn't really fire. It was like fire because it didn't consume us. Instead of landing on the mercy seat, it landed on our tongues, and we spoke with God in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. Hallelujah. It sounded like wind, but it wasn't wind. It felt like wind, but it wasn't wind. It looked like fire, but it wasn't fire. There's no way to describe it, so they had to use similitudes. The glory of the red-hot passion of God came on those people and they turned the world upside down. And now we've got to whittle down into a little denominational order, a little system, come to church, fold your little pink palms, saying, I shall not be moved. Usually mean it. So, Dad, you couldn't get a used demon to chase him. Come on. That ain't what I grew up in. Come on, that's not the Holy Ghost that my grandfather told me about. That's not the Holy Ghost my mother told me about. And, and she had a vision when she was just a girl. She had a vision and had corns on her feet. Do you remember when people used to get corns on their feet from wearing shoes that didn't fit? She got them at the Goodwill of the Starvation Army. And, and uh, she had a vision of heaven and God filled her with the Holy Ghost. Delivered her from cigarettes. Come on. Turned our life around. See, now we get the Holy Ghost, and it's just a little glossolalia, a little charismatic renewal. I was in a meeting a while back, and, and, and they asked me to come and speak, and they said, anybody here desire the baptism of the Holy Spirit? And this one guy said, I'd like to receive the Holy Spirit. And they said, come on up here. You come too, Reverend Mahaney. And I, I, I said, I'm here with you, man. And he walked up in and they set him down in a chair and they said, are you ready for your baptism in the Holy Spirit? And he said, yes. And they said, say, la, 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 la. That idiot said, la, 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 la. They said, now say, no, 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 no. He said, no, 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 no. And they said, now put it together. La, na, la, na, la, na, la, na, la, na, la, la. They said, you have received your baptism of the Holy Ghost. I said, no, you didn't, meathead. Come on, when he, the spirit of truth, he's going to lead and come, he's going to lead and guide. He's going to talk to you. He's going to speak through you. Had a woman tell me one night on an airplane, she said, I got the Holy Ghost, never know I got it. And I said, if you could get it and not know how you got it, you could lose it, you couldn't get it back again because you didn't know how you got it in the first place. I knew how I got it. I spoke in tongues. God took this filthy mouth of mine that could cuss the wallpaper off the wall. I made up my own cuss words. All I did was scheme on people. All I did was try to con people. And God came down, the consuming, laughing, raving presence of God took my life. I began to walk different. I talked different. I acted different.
My brother-in-law told me, he said, if you hadn't have gotten church, you'd have got dead. And I said, what do you mean? He said, the last time I saw you, before you got saved, he said, you was fighting four cops on my front porch. They finally got you down and put a shotgun behind your head and said, don't move. And they patted you down a little bit, put you in the police car, and took you to the hospital. I was bleeding. And they didn't search me. I had a gun in the back of my slacks. And I got that gun out in the hospital and was shooting that gun in the hospital. They don't like you shooting up hospitals. My other brother-in-law, I don't know if Jim remembers Satch, Nancy's husband. He said Charlie's mother was dying. My mother, his Aunt Nay, was dying. Charlie was in the prison farm. He said, I went to the judge, and, and, and I didn't want to have to go to my mother's funeral with leg chains and handcuffs on. That's embarrassing to the family. I think you guys were living in New York when my mom passed, Jim. And uh, he went to the judge, and he said, I wish you'd let Charles out so he could go to his mother's, or his mother's dying. My mother died uh, within the next 24 hours. And the judge said, let me call down to the prison farm. And he called down to the prison farm and said, I'm going to check on Charles Mahaney. And they said, we got him in solitary confinement. We got him in the hole. <laughs> and the judge said, what for? And you'll never believe this. The correction officer said, for being smart mouth. They just must have misconstrued what I was trying to say to them. And the judge sat there, and the judge said, my brother-in-law went to school with the judge, and he said, I'm going to tell you something, Gerald. His name is Gerald. We call him Satch. He said, we don't let guys out of the prison for him. He said, in second place, you don't walk out of the hole and walk to the street. But that judge said, I feel something in this courtroom, in these chambers. He said, just a minute. He called down. He said, I want you to turn Charles Mahaney loose. I could hear him arguing and cussing. Everybody said he could. And he said, I don't care what you said. Turn Charles Mahaney loose. And I was laying down there in the hole. Hadn't seen the light of day for five days. I got four cups of water in the morning and four cups at night. And every three days, they give me some. I got to choose what I wanted to eat, either beans or gravy. Filthy mouth, cussing. Didn't like anybody. And the guards came up and said, get up, Mahaney. They threw me my clothes. Said, put your clothes on. And I said, what's going on? I thought they was taking me up to Lansing. I said, what's going on? They walked me to the door and said, okay, you're free. And I said, no, you pigs are going to shoot me and say I tried to escape. What do you mean free? They said, hit it. I said, no. You guys are going to. They said, no. At the same time I was praying, I, I didn't know how to pray. And I prayed, Father, if you care about me, you get me out of jail and I'll go to church. And at the same time I was praying, the judge called his down at the prison farm and said, turn Charles Mahaney loose. I went where I was living with my brother, had me some pennies I'd file down into the size of dimes to use in pay telephones. Gentiles are always laughing at us guys that make money, Jimmy. Hallelujah. <laughs> and, and I called the pastor. I said, hey, preach. And he said, yes, who is this? And I said, this is Mahaney. He said, did you break out? And I said, no, that God of yours broke me out, man. I want to go to church tonight. He said, well, praise God. And I said, far out, man. He said, what? And I said, shine on. He said, what? And I said, forget it. Hallelujah. He said, we got a preacher here preaching. His name is James Wolf. He pastors a church in Tampa, Florida today. He looked at me while he was preaching and said, would you like to pray? And I said, if you don't get out of my face, I'm going to knock your lights out, sucker, right here in this church. <laughs> he said, oh, I wasn't afraid of you, man. He sure got to the other side of the church real quick. I didn't come and join the church. I don't know why God wants me to give the... I didn't come and shake a preacher's hand. Come on. I didn't come and put my name on a roll. I didn't come up there and say, yes, Jesus loves me, or this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. You know what happened? I came down. And I said, God, I can't take anymore. My wife was hiding from me. Nick was a little baby. 
I said, I can't take any more of this junk. And God said, if you'll open your life, I'll fill you with my spirit. And I said, God, I can't get any more open than this. And I felt something tingle in my hands, and it tingled, it began to tingle in my feet, and it met in the middle. Somebody said, say hallelujah, and I tried to, I, I couldn't say to come out, Lala, who you or something. Brother Stanford, he thinks tact is something you nail rugs down with. He said, that's the Holy Ghost, let it go. And I started speaking in tongues. I hugged the preacher. I hugged all the brethren. Hugged myself. Started for the ladies. They all took off. Hallelujah. Yeah, I'm going to get me a little hugging before I got too deep into this. Mama. Hallelujah. 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 Before I got too old, fat, and ugly. Hallelujah. Of course, you can relate to that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. And God changed the way. Somebody said, you have a hard time quit smoking. I forgot I smoked. You have a hard time quitting drinking? I went out to the car and took a bottle of Thunderbird and poured it out and got in the trunk and poured a bottle of vodka out. It looked like we'd had a flood around my car. Just went home and got a baggie full of a, a pot and put it in the commode. Got some cocaine, put it in the commode. Got had a stack of Playboy magazines that high. I never looked at the pictures, just read the articles. <laughs> Hallelujah. Why my wife would fall for that, I get tickled today. Got rid of those. Come on. I didn't even walk like I used to walk. When I was in the world, I didn't walk, I boogied. Come on. God changed the way I walked. God changed the kind of car I drove. I used to drive a one with a four on the floor and usually had a fifth stuck under the seat. They don't get it. Hallelujah. You know why? I didn't join a church. The laughing, dancing, red-hot, raving, consuming presence of God touched my life. Come on, John said he's going to baptize you. I'm putting the water on you. But he's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Fire changes the molecular structure of things. The Holy Ghost came upon Mary and left her pregnant with a promise. When they talk to a Jew about fire, he's talking about the glory, the red-hot, consuming passion of God. And they said, our God is a consuming fire. Our God is a consuming fire. Up in heavens, there's a throne room about 100,000 feet high. And you got seraphs on one side. Seraphim is, em is plural in the Hebrew. Now here we put S. Uh, you have tree, tree. Simply God bought them from Walmart. You got tree and tree. That's eights in the Hebrew, pearls, eightsim. Seraphim is seraphim. There were more than one seraph. And it means burners. They burnt with the worship of God. And one of them flew a thousand feet up and cried, Holy, 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 holy. That's the only attribute of God that's repeated three times. Holy, holy, holy. Hallelujah. And the other seraphim hollered, Holy, holy, holy. The burners. And you know what it said? The doorpost, the post that held heaven up moved. The immovable moved. When on fire beings began to worship God. Come on. When on fire beings began to worship God, the immovable moved. Come on. Things that stood in front of you in your walk with God, if you get on fire for God, they'll move. Come on. I said they'll move. Hallelujah. Come on. They'll move. Hallelujah. They'll move. Paul built a fire. You know what? We come, when... when you're going through something, build a fire. Sit around on the north side of religion. Boy, revival ain't like it used to be. Yeah, it is. You ain't like you used to be, Slick. Hallelujah. Somebody told me that day, said, conference ain't like it used to be. Best conference I've ever been to was last week.
438 in one service received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. How did we know it? Did Brother Billy Cole go down and pass out membership cards and say, now you've come up and you've confessed Jesus? And you know how they, got to, how they knew when they got the Holy Ghost? Huh? Had one whole Spanish church down here, a whole Spanish church, about 60 members. About seven minutes after Billy said, let the Holy Ghost fall, spoke the word of faith, all 60 of those Spanish people from that church received the Holy Ghost. I prayed with one guy, started digging drugs out of his pocket. He dug a needle out. He dug some meth out. He dug some coke out. He got a little baggie with some zigzag paper. And I said, just put all that up. Lift your hand. And God filled him with the Holy Ghost. Sound like a Chinese laundry. Come on. You get people and get them into religion. You know what our problem is in the church today? is we have no concept beyond new birth about purging. David said, God, forgive me. And Nathan came and said, you're forgiven, David. And then David prayed that famous 51st Psalms prayer. He said, God, wash me from my sins. Purge me with hyssop. Come on, it ain't enough just to be forgiven. Nathan already said you're forgiven. He said, purge me. See, beyond forgiveness, there's a purging. Beyond forgiveness, there's a washing all that sin out of your life. Beyond forgiveness of sin, there's a deliverance from sin. Come on, David had a woman problem. David stood on the balcony and looked at that mom over there, but there's no record David ever had another problem. In fact, they brought Abishag, the fairest virgin in the land, soaked her in oil seven days, never tempted David. Why? He not only got forgiven, he got purged from that sin. Come on, Hallelujah. Somebody said, you never tempted with drugs? No. God forgave me for drugs, and then one night in a service, the blood of Jesus and the Word of God began to purge me of drugs. I can watch somebody get a fix, and it don't bother me. Come on, we need a purging. That's why people that commit immoralities... They repent, God forgives them, but you've got to get that purged out of your life. You've got to get that washed out of your life, or it'll come back on you. Hallelujah. That's why gossips repent. Then the next thing, they're hanging out on the wall out there in the vestibule, and they've never got purged from it. We need a purging. Come on. The Bible talked about purge out the old lump. I believe we can be purged from sin so much that we have no more sin consciousness. had a preacher at conference ask me the other day, he said, do you preach strong enough to come and preach in my church again? And I said, I can split your church in three days if I preach what I believe. He said, last time you didn't preach against sin. And I said, I don't need to preach against sin. I preach against the sin killer, the blood. Hallelujah. Come on. See, we need to get that purge out of our life. We need to hyssop. The only place hyssop grows is out of a rock. Hyssop won't grow out of the dirt or out of a bank or out of a tree. It grows out of a rock. You need to take that word that our rock said and dip it in the basin of blood that's called a scripture and paint it over your life until the desire for that leaves you. Come on. Say, so you don't desire a drink? No. Huh. No, I'm drinking at Joel's place. You know why the Bible likens this unto wine? Anybody ever get real stumbling, falling down, drunk on wine? Huh? You ever get drunk on wine? You know what happens the next morning when you wake up and get you a big old glass of cold water and drink it? You're drunk all over again. That's why it likened this unto wine. We come out here and get down and shuck and jive and boogie and get drunker than Cooter Brown. I'm going to find him someday. He's probably one of our cousins, Jim. And you can get this drunk as a dog in here. Peter said, these are not drunk as you suppose. He didn't deny they wasn't drunk. He said, they're not drunk on Thunderbird and Boone's Farm and Strawberry Hill and Mad Dog 2020 and Old Charter. This is that was spoken of by the prophet Joel. I made some booze one time. Me and my dad and my brother set up a still one time. And... Uh, 
we forgot to wash the gas out of the cans that we was using. It tastes like gas. <laughs> but we made wine one time. We'd take a big old uh, bottle of wine, and uh, in jail we used to take potatoes and make potato wine. You got to be hungry for a thrill, a buzz, to drink potato wine. Soured potatoes. And if you really want to flavor it, put an old tube sock or something in it. And you'd take that wine. Anybody here ever make wine? You'd take that wine and you'd and you'd put a. We got, we use grapes. And we'd take those grapes and put about five pounds of sugar and several big cakes of yeast. And that yeast would start it working. And we'd put the lid on it and we'd bore a hole in the lid and have a hose going out from the lid to something else or that pressure would build up when that wine would begin to work and blow the lid off that thing. I was talking to Brother Tenney one time. He said, Brother Charlie, my daddy was a moonshiner. And I said, well, good. At least had a little character. He said one day Papa Glass, the preacher, came over and my dad had a batch of moonshine in the back room. And he said the lid started blowing off. It started blowing up. Pow, pow. And he said, what made it blow up like that? And I said, you capped it up too green, Brother Tenney. He said, I knew you was good for something. See, Joel started it to work with stammering lips in another tongue. I'll speak to this people. No wonder this is strong. Come on, no wonder it'll change the way you live. No wonder it'll change the way you walk. No wonder it consumes you. Come on, the lapping, raving, red-hot, dancing, consuming presence of God. Hallelujah. Come on, they burned and they blazed for the kingdom of God. And they walked out of that upper room drunk on fire for God. The fire blinded Paul, and Paul saw more three days blinded by the fire than he did 40 years as a rabbi. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The fire burned on riverbanks, jails, marooned on islands, and they didn't worship with serpents. They just shook the serpent off into the fire. They didn't worry about how dark it was. They worried about how bright Jesus was, the incandescent Jesus in their life. He took them up on the Mount of Transfiguration one day, and his garments began to shine. It wasn't deity shining down on him. It was deity shining out of him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. Fire came by the holy place and set and covered them. And they forever was changed. It's a, such a unique thing. Brother Gleason and I were talking. He said, I'd like to take about take 30, 35 people, how many would like to go and have you to lead us to a pilgrimage to the Holy Land sometime, Brother Mahaney? Justin said, ain't it dangerous over there? I said, the most dangerous thing about going over there is getting our people through New York without getting mugged. Or buying 12 Rolexes and a Mont Blanc pen and a Dooney Burke purse. Hallelujah. But the fire of God, the combustible presence of God. And when you leave, when you leave Jerusalem and you go down from Jerusalem, and you hit the Damascus Road, the place where Paul was knocked down. There's a cemetery there today. What a fitting place. Paul died, but Jesus got up. Hallelujah. You know what God told me at 430 this morning? I said, God, why can't you talk to me at 10? He wants to wake me up at 430. 430. I hear somebody say, son. I say, God, don't talk to me like that. Well, he wouldn't be if I'd have been watching TV, but I was praying. And sleep. I can't sleep and watch TV at the same time. It keeps me awake. And, <laughs> and God said, Son, you know what the trouble with my people are? They're not consumed with my passion. He said, When you, I told him, I was naked and you didn't clothe me, I was hungry and you didn't feed me. I was in jail, and you didn't visit me. And they said, when? He said, when you, an inmate sticks their hands out through those bars, and you lay the word in their hands, Brother Gary, you're doing it to the body of Christ. 
Hallelujah. God said, get consumed with the things I'm consumed with. Come on, get consumed with the things. And God spoke to me and said, you know what the problem with the church today is? You give me your bad things, and I'm through. 3.30, is that a record or not? Huh? Is that the shortest I've ever went or not? Huh? He's writing it down over there. The song guy's writing it down. Shortest man ever went. Hallelujah. He wasn't going to fast till I went this short. And he said, I'm going to fast. Any God that can get Mahaney out of there that quick, I'm going to fast to him. Hallelujah. But God spoke to me. And God said, we give him our bad things. I gave him my drugs. And he gave me the thrill of the Holy Ghost. I gave him my booze. And he gave me a drink from the fountain of living water. I gave him my shattered family, and he gave me back one of the greatest wives that a preacher ever had. Come on. I gave him a filthy mouth, and he gave me lips to praise him, to offer a sacrifice of praise. I gave him a clenched fist, and he gave me an open palm of praise. And God said, you give me your bad things. But he said, you know what? I want your good things. And I said, what are you talking about? Here's what God spoke to me. He said, the human heart by nature is idolatrous and everything that's not committed to me you'll end up worshiping it if you're not careful he said you give me your bad things he said I want your car come on he said you give me your bad thing how about your house he said you give me your bad thing how about your bank I said God everything I have belongs to you and then he never takes it he always said, here it is, shaken down, pressed together, and running over. Hallelujah. I want you to lift your hands, and I want you to say, God, I want the laughing, dancing, consuming passion, red-hot passion of God. Abraham was the father of the covenant we live in right now today. You can ask Pastor Gleason. Abraham was the father of the covenant we live in today. He was the progenitor of the covenant. And our new birth is the fulfillment of the Abrahamic covenant. Galatians 3. Paul said, Abraham doesn't have many seeds. Speaking of many seeds, but he has one seed. And you are the seed of Abraham. <laughs> Not you that's been circumcised outwardly, but you that's been circumcised inwardly. The cutting away of the old man, the old life. God said, I want your good things. I want your good things. I appreciate my home. I appreciate my house. There's a place in there where my wife and I pray together, and I set her on the couch, and I teach her about three days a week when I'm home. I teach my wife. They ought to hire her. You guys ought to hire her to be the president of Urshan School of Theology. She knows more than anybody up there. And Tuesday night and Wednesday is Yom Kippur. We're going to be talking about that. It's going to change your life. God's had things that he's ready to release in your life that he's going to release tomorrow night. I told my wife this morning on the phone, I said, Wednesday night, honey, you and I are going to have communion in there together, and we're going to get in the presence of God. I took my wife's hand. I said, honey, see this four acres, see this land, all this. I said, if God asked for it, we've got to give it to him because he owns everything. She went over and picked up a little vase that I bought her one night on Ben Yehuda Street in Jerusalem that was made about probably 400 years before Christ. She said, I'll sell this, my Went over and picked up something I bought her on her. She said, I'll sell this. And I said, you don't have to sell it. She said, yeah, but we will if God tells us to. Because I'm so hungry for the presence and the passion of God I felt when I first got in church. We don't crave him like we used to. We don't thirst after him like we used to. Several week revivals is almost unheard of because we've got too much on our agenda that quenches the spirit of God in our life. But you hear me. The word of the Lord says this to you. The Holy Spirit that first fell at Topeka in this area, 
is going to circle around and come back. And in these last days, there's going to be a great revival and a great burning and a great harvest. God always brings you back to where he starts. I want you to build an altar big enough to... You that God's delivered from gross, deep, staining, stinking sin, I want you to lift your hands and say, God, I thank you. You that was just a sinner, that you wasn't a stinking, rotten, dopehead, alcoholic sinner, I want you to thank him. Just lift one hand up and say, God, I thank you for delivering me from sin. Now I want you to reach down with everything else you own, and I want you to take everything you own and lift it up with the other hand and say, God, everything belongs to you. Everything belongs to you. Come on, say, everything belongs to you. Everything. Come on, fire changes the molecular structure of things. Fire changes things. When fires touch something that don't even resemble what it, it don't smell like it used to smell. Thank like you. It don't even look like it used to. Take my life. God, God, God. Make my life oh, just God. what you want it to Come on, be. you've been pre-shrunk, pre-cut, pre-fit oh, to fit Lord, where no one else can fit in the kingdom of God. Me. Hallelujah. Change me. The spirit that moved over the face of the dark void world and brought order out of chaos. The spirit that breathed into the man's nostrils and he became a living soul wants to take possession of us right here today. Say, God, I submit. Somebody said, I don't want to live like that. Live like what? You don't have to live like much to be Pentecostal anymore. Come on, you don't have to change your lifestyle much to be Pentecostal anymore. I came in the days you didn't go to movies, you didn't go to dances, you didn't have TV, you didn't play putt-putt golf, you didn't wear short-sleeved shirts, the ladies didn't cut their hair, no makeup. That's the days I came in. It doesn't take much to live for God anymore until you get on fire and then everything belongs to you. My cousin Jim back there said during the schmoozing time, the break, he said something about Charlie. What I said, I. I never done anything. God done it all. I'm like Paul. The life I now live, I don't live by me. I live by the faith of the Son of God. The faith of the Son of God has been superimposed and translated into my life. I don't live by my faith. Lift your hands and say, God, purge out that old lump. Purge out that sin that haunts me in the night and I hear that wolf howl. Purge out that sin. I don't care if it's lust. I don't care if it's craving for the dollar. I don't care if it's gossip. I don't care if it's pornography on the internet. I don't care what it is, God. I thank you for you forgive me, but I'm like David, God. Purge me with hyssop. Wash me so I can be clean. Wash me so I can be clean, God. Get that sin out of my life. I tear down that stronghold. Last Sunday night at sundown, Rosh Hashanah started. My wife and I had been in a place of repentance. God, anything unlike you in my life. Tell him, say, God, anything unlike you in my life. Say, say, forgive me, God. Now I want you to pray, God, purge it out of my life. Wash it out of my life. 
purge my conscience where I don't even here I am Lord here I am I give up the lapping raving red hot dancing presence of God danced between those bodies. It wasn't just a torch. It was the lapping, red-hot, raving, dancing, consuming passion of God that danced between those divided bodies. And it consumed Abraham and burned every barrier between him and God. There was no barriers between he and God. It all burned up. God, here I am, God. Purge me from my ego. Purge me from anything that would keep me from being used. I repent of it. You forgive me like David, God, but... I want you to purge me with this. I want you to get it out of my life. I want the seed of that sin. I want it dead in my life, and I want to pass it. I want the seed of that rebellion. I want the seed of that criticism. I want the seed of that lust. I want it dead in my life. I know it's forgiven because of the grace and the mercy, but I want it purged. Your spirit he used the word purge when Josiah, Josiah found the book in the temple and he sent the runners throughout, tear down the groves, turn over all the obelisks, tear down everything that gives worship to Baal. Tear it all down. Purge this land of idolatry. Come on, use that same word. Say, God, purge me of my apathy. God, purge me of... Lift everything you own up to him. Say, God, it all belongs to you. Say, it all belongs to you. I want you to write something on the back of that card the ushers gave you. And I want you to bring it, but I want you to keep it in the archives of your mind because we're going to see it come to pass tomorrow night. We're going to see it come to fulfillment. We're going to celebrate Yom Kippur here tonight, the name of God and the blood of God. Come on, reach in and get it. If you don't have a pencil, borrow a pencil. Write something on the back of that. I want to see my daughter. Write that down. I want to see my daughter back where she belongs. I'm going to tell you about some things tomorrow night that my wife had operated in the principle of Yom Kippur that we've written down and prayed that would literally blow your mind if you didn't know the principles behind it. Hallelujah. Boy, I feel a heavy anointing in this place. I feel a heavy anointing in this place. when I got up on fire from the flame of God's laughing, dancing, consuming, raving, red-hot presence that consumed me at an altar. 2201 South Emporia Street, Wichita, Kansas. God said, preach my gospel. See, fire changes your whole structure, your whole molecular structure. It makes you willing. Mm, I just think we ought to wait in the Holy Ghost here a minute.
When Israel would flow that flapping tent, flapped by the desert wind, and Israel would follow my fire and my cloud. Israel belonged to me. Israel was my particular treasure, my peculiar treasure. Then they came to their own land that I give them. They built the foundation of my house, and they left my house and began to build their house. I called them back with prophets. I called them back with men that would come and call and scream and shout until their voices would fade into the wind. And Israel would come, and then they would seek their own. And I wrapped myself in flesh one day, and I found Israel at the temple. And my lover had her arms around tradition. And I said, I love you. You're my wife. And Israel turned her face. She drove nails in my hands and in my feet. And I left that tomb. And I came to my holy feast day called Pentecost. And Israel received my fire. But I wanted more than just a people. I wanted all people. And one day I saw that fair-haired Gentile girl, and I said, I love you. And she said, I love you too. And I chose the Gentile. I chose this church that I could push up the tabernacle of David that had fallen down and the people that would worship me. And I come for fire. I come for heat. I'd rather my people be cold and be neither hot or cold. And I've seen your heart today. My heart rejoices. My spirit is dancing across this platform. And my Shekinah's up and down these aisles. Because I've saw hearts that said, I want that fire back. I want that fire. I want to be consumed with your passion, God. And my heart rejoices. Follow me, my children. Follow me. I don't mean geographically necessarily. But follow me. When I move, you move. When I turn, you turn. When I eat, you eat. When I drink, you drink. When I stop, you stop. But if I don't move and my fire doesn't move, then don't move until I move. And we'll be yoked together. And I'll be your God. And you'll be my people. I, your Lord, has spoken this very day. Pastor Gleason. Thank you for listening to this message. For more content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at The Life Church KC. Reference the episode notes for more details.